Hey, this is Beef Boy Elliot Tyler, and you're listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show at Wrestling With Entertainment, bringing you the latest exclusive breaking news, previewing and reviewing the latest shows from WWE, AEW, New Japan, and everything in between every Saturday on YouTube and CastBox. I am your host, James J. With me tonight, Scooter Dust. Good evening, wrestling fans. And it's a great day for wrestling, because we are wrestling with... Beef Boy, Elliot Tyler. How are you? Hey, uh, I'm good, I'm good. I'm happy to be here. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Yes. Good. And what's going on in the life of Elliot? Uh, well, at the moment, not a whole heck of a lot. Just had my last match for the year. Oh, wow. Yeah, not uh, not much wrestling here in BC. We actually just got announced that we're re-shutting things down with everything going on. So no. I was supposed to have two more shows this year. They both had to get postponed until next year. So, yeah. Oh, that that's just terrible. And and you for for our listeners, you're in in British Columbia, uh, specifically w- which part? I'm in Vancouver, British Columbia. I'm on the mainland. Okay. Uh, yeah. I have a, I have a friend who lives in Vancouver, but oh, her no. name her name is not Alberta. <laughs> okay. No. And where can we find you on social media? Uh, my social media is on Instagram and Twitter. It is Elliot Tyler underscore. That's two L's, one T in the Elliot. Sweet. And All right. You've been wrestling uh, primarily in um, G65 and ECCW, uh, correct? Uh, those have been two of my more frequent. Those, along with a company called Without a Cause, have been three of my more frequent companies, yes. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about uh, the promotions? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, so, 365 is a company that runs on Vancouver Island, which you actually have to take a boat to get to. Wow. It was originally a company called PWA, which was a Peer Wrestling Association, which started in Ontario. But then uh, the owner of the company moved out here and still ran the company out there, but also had a second branch here. Although, um, I think the beginning of this year, January or like last December, they announced a rebrand and a restart. So now they're 365 and uh, it's a really good environment run by a really cool human being and phenomenal wrestler named Eddie Osborne. Mm. Uh, I believe Clay Wilson had mentioned him. Yeah, yeah. Clay also worked for 365. That's actually my first match back post-pandemic was against Clay for 365. Is that the match where the, the kids were heckling him and you beat him for a t-shirt? Yes, that is the match where um I put on his t-shirt because he threw it at me and then I challenged him where the winner got to keep the t-shirt and I won. Now... You work with many different promotions. 
and going over your match record, it seems obvious, at least to me, that you do something that a lot of independent talent don't do. And please correct me if I'm wrong on this assumption, but you actually seem to maintain a different gimmick in each promotion. Um, yes, actually I have, I guess every promotion. Yeah. I have about two to three characters, uh, at the moment. I, the plan was through this year was to mesh them all into one, Ah. but obviously things kind of, you know, didn't happen, but, um, yeah, in Canada, I go more as, um, beef boy, who's a super heavyweight, seven foot, 605 pound person <laughs> compact into a five foot seven 150 pound body it's very condensed <laughs> and then in the states i wrestle as a character named ellie who is a uh, homeless stray like character in a tag team with uh judas icarus now i think uh james wants to ask about that's, uh, judas that's actually a good segue um oh, pardon- about Judas Icarus, you've had some, uh, you've had a, quite a few matches with him. And, yes, you know, I, I've with him more than anyone. That's what I was going to ask. What is your relationship with Icarus? And why do you think like you have this incredible chemistry when it comes to having matches with him? Um, well, I th- it's weird because right now we are really close friends. Outside of the ring, I would say he is one of my best friends to travel with, to talk to, to hang out with. But that wasn't always the case. And we had a natural chemistry in the ring before we were even really friends. I think our friendship kind of came from the fact that we had such a click in the ring and we just moved well together. That's awesome. You kind of became friends because of your matches. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. We were always just wrestling the same places or wrestling each other, and we just spent a lot of time around each other, and then we grew a friendship. And your first, like, um, your first stint in ECCW was kind of an accident, so to speak. You were a last-minute uh, replacement for somebody. And then yeah, you kind of... that happened a few times there. Um, <clears throat> my first booking there was... I messaged the promoter and I asked if there was a spot and there wasn't, but he said he'd keep me in mind. And then he took someone else off the card. I don't remember who or why, but I got the spot and I ended up getting a match against Judas Icarus of all people. And then um, they used me sparringly here and there. And then around next year, around the same time, they had a one night tournament show called the Pacific Cup. And they, uh, one of the people that was supposed to be in it got injured, and they threw me in, I think, a week before, not even a week before, and they ended up having me run through the finals, and I guess I did good enough that I impressed them, and they kept me on. That's really great that, you know, how wrestling works that way, right? Yeah, it's all about timing. Right place, right time. And- now... How would you describe your in-ring style to somebody who hasn't had the pleasure of 
seeing you wrestle? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I don't know. I, for a while there, it was, um, I would say I had a reckless style per se. I don't, I don't really know how to put it. I just kind of hit people and hope it works, but I have been trying to rework on my style with a time off and fine tuning my fundamentals and my basics and just trying to revamp everything I've been doing. So what I've done in the past has been a lot more wild and a lot of hardcore and a lot of brawling, but I'm hoping when everything comes back to the full swing of things, I can show off a more uh, clean cut, fine tuned wrestling style. Now that actually rings a bell personally with me because that reminds me almost to a T of Mikey Whiprack. Yes. And Mikey Whiprack was my mentor and trainer. Uh, So you're like the scrappy underdog who's almost hoping he just doesn't get killed in the (laughs) ring, so to speak. Is that would that be more accurate? Yeah, I think that would be uh, the perfect pigeonhole for me, yeah. Oh, all right. Was well, somebody like uh, Mikey an inspiration to you when you were getting into wrestling, or did you find inspiration in other pro wrestlers? Like, um, that's what I, I want to be like. Yeah, uh, when I was getting in, um, I didn't know too much about Mikey, but of course, through the years and watching wrestling, I did learn a lot more and started to take bits and pieces because he's obviously phenomenal. But um, my early inspirations getting in were just a loo of different characters from like Edge was my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, I loved William Regal. Kane. Kane was awesome. Those were my like original when I got in. Obviously, I was a big WWE fan. Didn't really know anything else, but um, they were huge to me. And then Jamie Noble and Daniel Bryan were huge for me. And yeah, that's really interesting. You know, Edge, William Regal, and Kane three very <laughs> different styles of wrestling. So you yeah. kind of like you know, you like all types of wrestling you didn't stick to one you know genre of wrestling i like to call it yeah oh man i love i'm so into any type of wrestling you could put in front of me i i hang out with liza hall and we'll watch like zona 23 hardcore wrestling or we'll watch old british wrestling or i'll get together with friends and we'll watch lucha libre it doesn't matter if it's of its wrestling i'm watching it i i love it all yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, my favorites when I was growing up was uh, Kane, uh, the same thing, uh, RVD and Chris Benoit. Obviously, three very different wrestlers. Yeah, all different, but all really good professional wrestlers. Right. And, you know, obviously, the pandemic has stopped a lot of things this year. Um, how has, you know, the pandemic really affected? your style of wrestling, and how you approach a match? Um, Well, pre-pandemic, I was very, um, I was definitely going through a hardcore wrestling phase. I loved my, uh, I was really getting into tacks and chairs and weapons of all sorts. I was really entertaining the idea of making my match as real as it could be. 
in that sense, in the um, the pain sense, because I thought it, I could tell a cool story that I had never told before. But um, with the pandemic happening and me having to take a step back and take a seat, not just in the ring, but also with training being shut down here for like four or five months, I really got to reevaluate a lot of what I had done, what I liked, what I didn't like. And I really got to sit back and think about, did I really like doing all that hardcore stuff? And sure, I love it. But I mean, it's not my, not my uh, expertise. And I really do, you know, want to try different styles. And you, you just mentioned that you've, Done, uh, you've played around with dumb tacks. Um, you're our first like person that's gone through like hardcore matches like this. Does oh. does dumb tacks really hurt going through? Yes, yes, easily. Some of the worst pain I've ever been in was from tacks oh. getting those. First time I took it was from a wrestler named Rayvon Slasher, and she power bombed me into a pile. And it just felt like a million bee stings. It hurt so bad. I had some in the back of my head, in my neck. They're fun. They're not fun at all. Now, the the common uh, when the, when they when when it comes to thumbtacks and wrestling, usually they're and as they say, gimmicked or tipped uh, with rubber. So they don't exactly hurt as much. I'm assuming these weren't gimmicked in any way, and they were absolutely the real thing. They were absolutely the real thing. Every single time I've done them, I have never had a rubber thumbtack. I don't know if that would feel much better. I feel like if you're going in with a good enough velocity, that could still stab into you. And stabbing is stabbing. That stuff is not fun. Yeah. I would imagine so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not. Um, you know, uh, one of the other disadvantages of wrestling in the pandemic is fighting uh, wrestling uh, in front of no crowd. Um, yeah. I mean, you seem like you feed off the crowd a lot in your matches. Um, how did that really affect how you approach a match, knowing that nobody is in the crowd? It honestly didn't change that much. I've always had the mentality that whether it's five people or 500 people, they paid the same price to get in. They deserve the same show. So going from wrestling in front of like 100 and 150 people a week to 30 every other month, uh, it's no difference to me. I still wrestle the same. I still talk to the crowd the same. I feel like they should still get their money's worth on what they paid for. You know, I've, I've never, even pre pandemic, if I was wrestling in front of, I once wrestled in front of seven people and I still wrestled my heart out because they paid money for that show. So in that aspect, nothing really changed for me personally. Interesting. Now, my next question would be, how did you get the name Beef Boy? And when are you going to become Beef Man? <laughs> I got the name Beef Boy um, at the school, the training school that I go to, the Lionsgate Dojo. Artemis Spencer was teaching a class about heavyweight moves. And I just started like 
joking around and yelling anyone that hit a big slam was a beefy boy, a big beefy boy, a big beefy man. And it just became this ongoing joke for about a two month stretch. And then I had a student show and I just started yelling beef every time I threw a punch. And after my match, one of the trainers just said, Hey, that, uh, that was really fun. You should try that out on a show and tried it out on the show and it went well. It got, it got a reaction. So we just ran with it. As for becoming a beef man, I need to have my beef mitzvah first. Ah! <laughs> I, that, that is hilarious because I am actually Jewish and I've actually had a bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I thought you had a beef mitzvah. <laughs> Eventually. I will have my beef mitzvah when I am of age. Alright, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, Scooter, so, you have uh, a food-related question, correct? Um, I actually have one more uh, question before I delve into that. So, based on your, you know, the you know, the character of Beef Boy just occurring naturally, would you say you're more of a planner or an improviser when it comes to your matches? I think it depends. Um, I like both. I like a mix of both. You know, it's nice to have some planning. And I'm a, I'm a big thinker when it comes to my matches. If I know I have a match three months down the line, uh, my real-life job is driving and doing deliveries, and I'm in a car all day, and I'm just thinking about ideas constantly. But I don't always implement them. I like, you know, like with my match with Clay, we weren't supposed to put the T-shirt on the line, but it was just something that happened. And then the fans reacted. So it's nice to have ideas, but leave room for Mm -hmm. improvisation, improvisation. I don't know how to say that, but you guys know what I mean. And so do the listeners. So we're good. Yes. Now, a food related question because I am a big fan of this Canadian originating delicacy. Where, and I'm going to assume you are mm-hmm. where is the best poutine in vancouver well that is um a hard question because i could give you the easy answer and i could say the poutinery which is an actual restaurant in downtown vancouver or i could tell you that um if you go to a restaurant called white spot they have phenomenal poutine a and w a W does yes. Not A E W. No, the the root beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, A and W. A and W poutine is fantastic. Probably the best of all the poutines, I would say. But the poutinery is probably your best bet for very well-rounded options and types of poutine. Or New York fries. New York fries has good poutine as well. Now, last week. Uh... Again, we had Clay Wilson on, and the, he is from the East Coast of Canada. Yes. And you are on the West Coast. Is there a yeah. difference in poutine between the East Coast and the West Coast? That's a good question. I've never been to the East Coast, so I cannot exactly Ooh. give you the correct answer. But I would assume it is the same thing. I would... I would hope, at least. I know I've been as far as central Canada, mm-hmm. as in uh, Saskatchewan, and their poutine is the same as the West Coast, so I can hope 
that we have the same practices. Hmm. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, because usually with, with food, each region, you know, likes to put their own little twists in it. You know, here in the States with barbecue, you know, you got Nashville, Kansas City, you got Texas and, and, and all that stuff. But hmm, that's a good point. Deep dish pizza. Yeah, all the different pizzas. Yeah. Unfortunately, I got the bad end of the pizza till uh, we put pineapple on our pizza. Oh, yeah. don't say that. I love pineapple on pizza. <sighs> Damn. You no. know what? No. <laughs> you ever had pickle on pizza? I have. Yeah, it's good. Pickle on pizza is good. Hey, uh... Usually, I like my pizza plain. I like cheese and tomato, and I'm good. Mm. Nothing bad with that. You get a good dipping sauce with it, too. You can't go wrong. Hey, you're not wrong about that. Yeah, but any New Yorker will tell you, pizza don't get dipped. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, you are a... I'm not sure if huge is the right way to say this, but you're a big Pokemon fan. (laughs) <laughs> um, recently become big Pokemon fan. Ah, recently become. Yes. All right. Well, to say I used to play the games. I played from um, like the original few generations, like Johto, Kano, Hoenn, and Sinnoh. And then I took a break for a lot of the in-between games. And I just recently came back with the newest one. Because mm-hmm. I, I played Blue and Silver. They came out when I was in high school. That was 21 years ago. Okay. So, um, so do you have a favorite and why? Uh, well, ooh, that's a good question. Because I have a few like Pokemon I really like, but I don't think I have a specific favorite. I mean, I love Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur has always been my starter. I couldn't tell you why. He just has been. Um, Pikachu, obviously, you can't not like Pikachu if you've seen the TV show. Obviously. It's like hating Mario playing Mario Kart. You don't hate Mario. You know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But, um, ooh, favorite, though? I'd probably go with Growlithe. Growlithe into an Arcanine? Yeah. Now, favorite, yes, but you said Bulbasaur is your your go to. Was there any other you would have, have as a go to? For starters, I've always been a grass type fan. Whether it be Bulbasaur, Chikorita, Trico, uh, Turtwig, I've always started with the grass type. It's just been my thing. All right, that is. I'm a I'm a Mewtwo guy. You can't go wrong with Mewtwo. I'm a, come on. I mean, yeah. if you have the chance to pick Mewtwo, you're going with Mewtwo. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he's the strongest Pokemon ever. Yeah. And you could have a conversation with him. That'd be pretty cool. You could probably learn a lot. Yes. Um, it's time for that segment once again. Elliot Tyler's Bizarre Adventure. Can you tell us... You know, obviously you're a wrestler, you go up and down roads every week or so, and being a wrestler, 
weird things are bound to happen. Can you yes. tell us a weird thing that happened on the road? Sure. So, actually, conveniently enough, it's just past the one-year anniversary of this. Um, last year, I had a road trip down to a show in Seattle with uh, Judas Icarus, Eli Surge, and Travis Williams. And we coined the name for our trip Rib Fest, in which we were going to try to rib each other as much as humanly possible. And it was just a fun weekend. Eli Surge, I don't even think, was wrestling that weekend. He was just coming to hang out with us. And anyway, the show goes good. We all had okay matches. They were fun. We're on our way back. We've all ribbed each other to the moon and back. We're all very cautious. And we're turning into a Taco Bell at about, I think, three in the morning it was. And then as we're turning in, I see a pothole. So I swerve to avoid the pothole, and I hit the curb, and I slash my two right tires. Ooh. And we're about an hour away from the border, and it's 3 a.m. So it's not looking good for us. So we um, pull into the Taco Bell. We ask if we could keep the car there. And there's a Super 8, which is a motel, probably about a five-minute walk down the road. So we go down there, we get a room for the night, we go eat Denny's, and then at 7 in the morning, we call the promoter for the show we're supposed to be on in Vancouver that day, and we're like, hey, we're not, we're probably not going to make it. It's not looking good for us. And he offers to come drive and pick us up, and we say no, because obviously we don't want to leave the car there. And basically, by the heavens, we find a tire shop, which was actually right across the street from the original Taco Bell that our car was parked. We just couldn't see it because it was nighttime. So we go in and we order tires, and they say they're either going to be here in an hour or they're going to be here in six hours. So as you can tell, we don't really know what's going on, and we're stressed, and we've got next to no sleep. So we hope, and we wait, and we walk around this small town we've never been in, and then we get a call. And the tires came in early, so everything was fine. We end up driving back up to the border. It is now the next day. And we're all just so mentally exhausted that we started singing show tunes and songs from the mid-2000s out of memory. And the radio was working fine. We were just so tired, we thought it would be a good idea. And that is my weird, my weird road story. Sweet. Mm, all right. And just one follow-up question. Yes. If you were going to Taco Bell, why'd you get yes. Denny's instead? Because the lobby was closed, so we were not allowed to walk inside, and they wouldn't let us walk through the drive through And my car was too broken to drive through. Okay. Fair enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn that Taco Bell. <laughs> I love Taco Bell, though. You can't stay mad at it forever. Oh, God, no. I mean, I could eat Taco Bell every day. I mean, your plumbing might hate it after a while, but... (laughs) But then you lose weight, too. You think about the benefits. Ah! (laughs) We talked way too much about food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm hungry. (laughs) Uh, Elliot, where do you see yourself in five years? Ooh, that's a good question. In five years, I don't know. Uh, Professionally, I hope to see myself everywhere in five years, obviously, as 
anyone should want to. But, um, yeah, I guess if I had to set a five-year goal, I would like to see myself in the UK. Hmm. What would be, like, a specific uh, a specific uh, promotion or opponent that you would like to wrestle? I don't have any specifics. I think um, for a specific, anyone that could push me and I could push them and I could learn from would be, I know it's very vague specific, but anyone that I could learn from would be more an ideal than any specific name or company itself. Anywhere that I can gain life experience and pro experience is um, the most ideal for me personally. Sounds good. Mm. Uh, Scooter, do you have a, a question? I, I'm, uh, all right. Describe, if you can, your first day of training. Oh, my first day of training was under a different school than I train with currently. Uh, my first day, my mother came because I was 16. I was underage, so I couldn't be there without um, supervision, per se. So the first half of the class was a lot of blow-up drills, a lot of cardio, um, anything to make me puke, really. Anything to make me not want to continue or show up to the next class, I feel like, was their end goal. And it was just, yeah, it was a lot of running, a lot of um, drills, so much cardio, basic rolls uh, for probably three hours straight. Anything to make me puke. So would you say that where you started initially really wasn't a positive locker room environment? Um, It was positive to an extent. You know, I had a few woes and bad moments with some people but that's anywhere you go in life obviously and obviously. since then I've grown and I have better relationships with those people but me being 16 and not really knowing what I'm doing and probably stepping on toes unintentionally you know wasn't the best but it was all for the sake of learning in the long run really and you know starting out at, at 16 like you must have been like all in on wrestling uh, yeah way early on yeah um actually i think i was a late bloomer to watching it i stumbled upon it when i was like 12 13 so i came across it late but the obsession was huge early on so in a short amount of time it kind of became a major it became a big deal for you yes very much so all right and what is a match or opponent that people should go out of their way to see that best describes or shows off before Elliot Tyler? Um, I got two matches that I'm proud of, kind of, I guess, like I'm happy with that I've had. One would be, for obvious reasons, a match that if you look up myself versus Judas Icarus from 2019 Halloween Hell. It is a trick or treat, treat yes. Yeah. Yes, that would be one of them. And the other would be against a wrestler named Bishop for ECW. I forget. The Proving Ground Tournament? Yes, that, that. yes, that was um, a really big one for me. I think we only had like 
six minutes for a match to go, like six to eight minutes, and we went almost 25. But yeah. the, the feeling was there, and the fire was there, and I was I, so proud of that match. He beat the – can I swear? He beat the heck out of me. It's, well, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he beat the life out of me, and I gave him everything I had, which nowhere near – equal in physical stature but yeah i would say that match i'm very happy with and the match with judas now i watched the proving ground uh uh match today and very very interesting dynamic almost reminiscent and uh i'll tell you what match it made me think of it made me think of Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Okay. 25, and then 26 at the end. Yeah. Where, you know, you, you kick out at, at one, and then you're just saying, finish me. Yeah, you, you, you have the guts to finish me. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. I love to see that. It, it shows a lot of heart. It, it, it tells such a great story. Yeah, thank you. It's something we don't see a lot of in wrestling today, no? Not much. Um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. There's a lot of uh, different types of wrestling now, but really the lost... I don't know the lost art. Maybe it's just a new way of telling it compared to the old school way that a lot of people are so fond of. Um, yeah, definitely not seen as much. And we are nearing the conclusion of this interview, so we will be we will be starting our dunder round. And our uh, what? The dunder round. Thunder round, like a oh. lightning round. Okay, cool. And you know, I'm going to shoot off a couple questions. You tell me your best answer, first thing that comes to mind. However, you want to play it. Okay. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be, yes. Excluding yourself, greatest wrestler of all time. Greatest wrestler of all time, Eddie Guerrero. Worst wrestler of all time. Worst wrestler of all time? Ooh. Uh, Rob Gronkowski? That would be a pretty good um, assessment, no, screw? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your main event in WrestleMania for the World Championship, who okay. is your opponent? Your dream who opponent. Dream opponent. opponent, anyone past or present. Past or present? Oh, easy. Uh, Ricky Steamboat. Oh, sweet. Ooh, or Roddy Piper. If I could pick a second, Roddy Piper, but those are my two. How about we just make it a triple threat? <laughs> I'm getting- if you could come out to anyone's entrance music, past or present, who would it be? Macho Man's. Hmm. The, twirly- huh? the graduation song, as everybody calls it, pomp and circumstance. Yes. Yeah. Finish the sentence. Kayfabe is. I missed that. What? Finish K-fabe. the sentence. Kayfabe is alive and well. 
glad to hear it. <laughs> Squash. Fruit or vegetable? Squash fruit or vegetable? I think it's a vegetable. It is indeed a fruit. Oh, really? Yes. Yep. It has seeds. Yes. It, uh, <laughs> this is a running gag on our Saturday show. If it's a fruit or a vegetable. Does seeds make it a, a fruit. fruit? Yes. It yes. Does. It does. Yeah. I guess tomato is a fruit. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. No, I, I see what I yep. see. What yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you're in good company. <laughs> a couple <laughs> other people didn't get this right either. <laughs> okay. New Japan Pro Wrestler Taichi's ring gear gets smaller every year, exposing more of himself to the world. Yes. My question, what is the appropriate trunks to butt cheek ratio for ring gear? I think that depends on who's wearing it. It's all about someone's comfortability. If he wants to wear a near thong, let him wear a near thong. Good answer. Now, Scooter, you, know, you have the bonus Canadian uh, question. I think I think I'm also more impressed by the fact that yeah, a lot of people have said who is Taiji, Chi, but you picked up on who 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 he, who he was, and that's. That's something. That's impressive. That's proud. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, my this bonus question. I was going to make it the usual, the specific, but I'm wondering if I should generalize it more. All right. Is Ryan Reynolds truly Canada's greatest national treasure? Ooh, greatest. And if are... if not, who? We have a lot of good. I would say most well-roundedly liked. Yes, easily in that aspect, the greatest thing Canada has produced. But I think, you know, like Justin Bieber has a resurrection. He's a cool guy now. I uh, I support him. There's been lots of good Canadian wrestlers that are good people. But all around best Canadian export and national treasure, yes, to Ryan Reynolds. Great answer. Great, great answer. Because these are... This is a question we only ask Canadians from Canada. Nice. Actually, if I could go back on that, he is currently filming a movie in Vancouver, and they're constantly closing lots of streets, which makes driving a headache. So I take it back a little bit locally, maybe not the most <laughs> liked right now, but all around, good guy. All right, fair enough. That, that, that's not free guy they're shooting, is it? Uh, I think it is. I want to say yeah. <sighs> Okay. And this is our last question. Have you ever struck up a conversation about Darby Allen in a supermarket? Struck up a conversation about Darby Allen in a supermarket? Yes. Not to my recollection. I, I, I honestly could have. I'm constantly talking about wrestling everywhere I go. It would not be past me to do that but to my brain activity i'm going to say a solid maybe all right fair enough right correct answer <laughs> and that will conclude our interview for tonight thank you so much for coming on uh elliot yeah. 
thank you for having me. It was a really fun hour. It was a really good way to spend my evening. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. And what could what could we find you on social media once again? Once again, it is E double L I O single T Tyler underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Would, would you just Jeff Jarrett in that right now? <laughs> I, I tried to, but I almost forgot how to spell my own name. <laughs> and I believe you also have a uh, PWT's site as well? Oh, yeah. I think that's um, under Beef Boy Elliot Tyler. I haven't really checked that out in a while. Okay. All of well, that will be in the description of the video as well, both on YouTube and CastBox. Sweet. Yeah. I really like the Slim Jim Beef Boy short. Yeah. That was Thank really cool. you. A local wrestler who does that stuff named Drexel just threw that at me at like 2 a.m. one night. He's like, I woke up with a vision and I made this for you. Have it. So. Sweet. Was, yeah. A really cool logo that just was nicely gifted to me. And now you get it. Now it's on a t shirt for everybody to enjoy. For every person to enjoy. For the nice low price of I think twenty one ninety nine, I believe that's correct. Yep. And who knows? We may even buy a couple and maybe give them away to our listeners. Ooh, big ups, big ups. The holidays, the holidays are coming up, Scooter. Yes, they are. It's Christmas after all, almost. It's almost, yeah. We have uh, Thanksgiving, which um, it's coming up for us. Right. Isn't that this weekend? Yeah. It, yeah it's Thursday. Oh. Happy yep. Thanksgiving to the both of you, then. Oh, thank and, you. Thank and you. Happy past Thanksgiving, late Thanksgiving. <laughs> Very late Thanksgiving, about a month and a half off. Yeah. Ah. And you can find me in Scooter next week on Wrestling with Entertainment on Saturday. We will be discussing uh, NXT TakeOver War Games. We've been off for a week, so it would be nice to get back into the meat of things. Correct, Scooter? Correct. And you can always find us on Twitter as well. You can find me at JamesJ993. Where can they find Scooter? As always, on Twitter, at ScooterDuck. Holding it down for the UNB Wrestling Network at UNBS wrestling and of course always the remix the only live streaming alternate commentary podcast on the web today covering wwe pay-per-views as well as nxt takeovers for our very special guests beef boy elliot tyler calico yachts mitch mayhem scooter dust i am james J. And this has been Wrestling With Entertainment.